Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. So, I guess I should be the one to apologize for last week, since I am the main reason we didn't have a show. Things happen. Things happen. And you know what? We're not paid enough for this. So Wait. sometimes, occasionally... Hang on. Gonna... Are you getting paid? Aren't, aren't you? Damn it. I knew there was something wrong you here. You need to talk to HR. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh... at, at Zompocalypse Now Limited Industries, LLC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take it up. I'll take it up with the guy who uh, produces the show. Right. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wait, that's you. Damn it. I knew there was a problem with this. Hi folks. Hi folks. I'm Tim. And I'm Dustin. And this is on Clips now. And yes, we were off last week, but we're back this week to talk about two episodes. It's which... a double feature. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're not going to take us a whole lot of time to talk about both of these episodes. I no. don't think. No, I don't. I don't think so. We couldn't have picked a better episode to miss than last week's episode. <laughs> I know. And the sad part is, is that this is the episode where we finally get Logan's backstory. We finally get his motivation. We finally get the reason he is the way he is. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was one hundred percent typical. Oh, yeah. and except for like, I was really irritated. Um, I was. I'll, I'll get it. We can get into it. So, so the reason Logan is the spectacular bastard that he is, is that he was all up for helping, and you know, going doing the thing and putting out the stuff, and and one day he got a call from a young lady. And she was at mile at the at the rest stop truck stop on mile marker sixty five. This is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried to call polar bear, polar bear, and couldn't get a hold of him. And so he said, "I'm going to go," but he was running out of gas. So he he drove as far as he could to mile marker sixty five, and re- then then ran out of gas and started running. And he ran and he ran and he ran and he was a small marker and he's trying to get polar bear on the line. He's trying to keep this girl calm and, and all these things. And finally, you know, she's like, there's too many, there's too many. And, uh, and finally he hears her like the door break and she screams and, and, uh, and, uh, and he has to listen to her die essentially. And so he gets there and the too many that were there, the saddest, most pathetic-looking walkers I have ever seen on this show, and of course they're eating her. So he kills them, and uh, and and kills her too, and then uh, runs out into the street weeping, just in time for Jenny, uh, Virginia, to show up and be like, we've been listening and, oh, we're sorry that you couldn't help that girl and, oh, it's so sad. No mention of the fact that why couldn't they go help that girl? You know, but, you know, then then it turns out uh, later in the episode we discover that it just so happened to be the day, the day that, that Sarah stole Polar Bear's rig was the day that this girl died. So, you know, now he's, now he turned Logan evil. Evil, I say. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's so much wrong with this whole bit. I mean, they are, they are, these are the slow zombies, right? I mean, right. we, we didn't, we didn't have, there isn't like a, a sudden fast zombie set that we've missed, right? Well, it depends on, well, because, I've noticed that the older zombies are real super slow. Young ones are not that slow. They, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, four of them chasing you around a room that's fairly large and has another door and 
just like, did she just lay down and die? Cause... They, got, they got in. Oh, no. And the, the, she did like an Australian horror movie would do. She stood in the corner and screamed as they advanced upon her. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. All right. And then... And then I was really impressed with how much how much Logan was so overcome that he stayed lying in the road, barely moving, while total strangers on horseback rode up from the distance. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, that's 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 very dramatic posing there. That's that's mm-hmm. that's fine dramatic posing work you've done, sir. Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was such a waste, Tim. I know, I know. Such a waste. And so, okay. So, remember, remember last episode we covered uh, Logan's guys discovered where the oil fields were. Uh-huh. And as I, as I feared, they were in a quarry, which uh, mm-hmm. the sense that makes, we're just, you know, but they're like 100%, this is 100% Mad Max border town. Like, you know, the the children, the children are there, just like we thought they would be. Uh, and they are... You Not know, all of the children, by the way. Uh, but the, just, the, ch- the children who actually have dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> the main children. The other children are with the convoy, I assume. Maybe, maybe Luciana did take these three particular kids on as her, like, these are my children now. Uh-huh. Thing, because they're, the, they're with her. And, and so they, you know, uh, are like using rats as carrots on sticks to make walkers like pump the oil and mm-hmm. and there's a whole there's a big kettle like it's very you know and they're everyone's filthy and you know like it's you know a lot there's a lot happening there uh and so logan shows up with his group and they like you know come in and have you know pithy banter offs <laughs> nobody wants to shoot anybody not even the the really angry black lady wants to shoot anybody and so like she's the only one of logan's thugs that's had even more than one line except for that one guy that hung out with dwight for a little while right and i just don't i literally do not understand the motivations of these people like this group um, it, they're motivated by what the words on the script say. I mean, there's no, there's no other explanation for it because this group of people, well, this is a recurring thing. It'll become an issue in the, in the second episode we're going to talk about is what the motivations are. Right. But there's, it's, a, it's, it's about every predictable bit of dialogue you could expect from this situation where you don't want to kill off the characters from the hero side. Mm-hmm. You want to establish that the villains are sort of a threat. Yeah. And then you want to give, you want to give enough. Well, thieves. they had, okay. They had two guys that were apparently with Logan and polar bear before that are just standing around. Those are the two guys you shoot to show your, your, you mean business, you know? Sure. But except didn't do that. Well, yeah. Cause except it turns out, based on, on Logan's flashback and, and the extremely forced dialogue that Matt Frewer has to chew through this episode, um, deep down inside, deep down, Logan, Logan's not a bad man. No, of course not. He still cares. He still is that he loves. He has love in his heart. Uh, because things go wrong like they do, um, and suddenly a herd of walkers appears from the ether. Well- First, first, first thing that goes uh, right is that Sarah and Dwight get the drop on the jerk from Dwight's episode. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, they are able to get inside. And then John Dory and June are able to get up and start like trying to do like they, they have a little mini standoff where it's like, we're going to kill you. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. I guess we're not. <laughs> they like. So, like, John Dory and June stay up on the ledge in sniper position, but do nothing. And Sarah and Dwight end up going to work, like, do 
oil, like refining oil for Logan and his crew. And at one point, Luciana says, the thing's getting too hot. It's too windy. We need to turn it down. We need to turn it off because it's too windy. And we, you know, and he's like, no, no. And so by the time night falls and walkers start magically appearing, they can't turn it off because too much has, too much heat has made it, made it unturneroffable. This, of course, will matter not at all the rest of the episode. Right. This is a, this is a thing we can't, oh no, it's too hot. And, and, and. And, oh, no, look, other things over here. It's walkers. Ah! Yeah. He never returned to the whole, it's too hot, everything, you know, it's going to be a problem later at all. No. But I was expecting the thing to blow up. Yeah, well, that would have been the implication of something being too hot that's on fire full of, right. uh, you know, flammable material, but no. No. And, and so to escape the walkers, uh, Luciana and... And uh, Dwight and some other people, they jump in the rig and ride away. And Black Lady, I guess, takes her crew and leaves. But but Logan is stuck there and Sarah ends up uh, helping him. And they get into the, um, the little uh, office of the place. Yeah, it was kind of like the... the- the office where the radio is right uh where we where we smack right into the b plot of the episode <laughs> yeah which is uh, alicia and strand are trying to get to the truck stop on a mile marker 65 <gasps> what to save a girl who's trapped there by walkers what and and like <laughs> More Logan does the perfect. He he hears this over the radio, and he's like, "Oh, you've got to be shitting me!" <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that's actually what he said when he read the script. It's actually you can. Yeah. And, and <laughs> well, yes, and let's not forget that Alicia and Strand have been out in the world painting trees because right. um, that's what they do now. I guess so, which, sure, okay, why not? Uh, I don't know. Why not, Tim? Because it's dumb? Um, well, you know, you have to give them something to do. You could only give, like, so many people <laughs> minds per episode. And why would we want to just follow the two people from the original cast who we've been following for the last five years. Um, I do not have an answer for your question at this time. Please try again later. (sighs) I know. I know. So they rush to get there and there's this whole weird moment where it's, it it mirrors what happened with Logan. Exactly. They're running and, and the car runs out of gas, just like his truck ran out of gas. And it's all very, um, you know, uh, scripted. Yes, and and finally, Logan gets on the radio and he ta- ta- starts talking to the girl, and he tells her that there is a gun in one of the drawers, and so she goes and finds it, and she's like, "There's only one bullet in this gun," and he's like, "Yep." There is only one bullet. And like everybody, you know, all of our main cast is all standing around like, what? Oh, no. And, but the girl is like, no, I understand. I understand. Thank you. You know, I, I, you know, I get it or whatever. But, and so the, we hear the, the people who are watching hear the shot. Right. But it's all a red herring because Wes, the former writer who used to be drawing on trees, has been listening all this time and he's made it to the truck stop and he was able to save her. Because he has discovered that he is in fact a good man at heart as opposed to being a jaded, cynical... um, Because our heroes... Christmas has won. Yeah. His heart has grown three sizes. Because our hero's message of hope has inspired him. Right. It also inspires Logan. 
who realizes that he's been a terrible person and now he gets his chance to make amends and he can do he can do what's right. So they and emerge. he makes this great speech that's like, you know, the the world is better and we're the ponies and, you know, just <laughs> great, like, you know, we're, we're going to make it after all speech and all of his, like, goons who have been legit goons for this whole season so far, I'll, I'll look around and they're all like, yeah, I guess we will. I guess we're all going to be good guys now. And then they're all immediately shot in the brain. Right. Just them. <clears throat> None of our heroes. Right. And then we are quickly discover that we are apparently surrounded by people on horseback who our sniper team apparently never saw coming. Mm-hmm. Even though John Dorian and June have been up on the top this whole time. Right. Um, and we're introduced to <sighs> Jenny, Virginia, and her yeah, team. But how do I want to describe her? Um, okay. Uh, if, if a character caricature of Teddy Roosevelt were a teenage girl, it okay. would be Virginia. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. I mean, she's in her, the actress is, is in her, I think, late 20s, but she's, She's very youthful looking and she basically is dressed like Teddy Roosevelt and she kind of, you know, I've got a big stick and I'm, I'm walking loud actually. So I've, I've, you know, um, and this will be the first conversation that we have with Ginny where she doesn't actually explain anything. She talks a lot, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't actually explain anything. And this this whole situation didn't make any sense because because Black Lady and Logan had been having this conversation throughout this episode, like because he wants to push through and 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 get some some get like get some some gas, and she keeps saying, "It's are we sure this is worth it?" And he's like, "We have a contract." And my assumption is that he has been working all of this time to get gas for Virginia and her group. That would be logical, yes. And so she comes in, Virginia comes in, and kills his whole team, and it's like, well, we all know that Logan and his people were not very, very reliable. Bitch, he was trying to get shit for you this whole time. Yeah. Right. And it it doesn't make any sense to think that she could even hear him discussing his whole, you know, I'm turning over a new leaf, come join me, because he wasn't on the radio when he was doing this. He was just talking to people. And the horses were not exactly close. Right. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's an action that she takes that she will continue in the next episode, where if you look at it and say, but why, you don't actually have an answer. No. So let's move on to right. Our so, so basically, well, so uh, Luciana agrees to stay behind and help get them oil. Yeah, uh, and everybody else gets to go. And now Ginny's got the oil field, and our heroes have nothing, and it's bad. And Logan is dead for plot-related reasons. Yeah. Well, you know, who knows. And we kept talking about how the waste of this character was, there had to be something. Something had to be coming up. But... No, no. not really. You know, thanks, Matt Frewer, for stopping by. We appreciate your efforts on behalf of creating a villain for Fear the Walking Dead this season. And uh, well, uh, we appreciate know. your efforts, sir. Have a, have a lovely trip. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoy the boat you got to buy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would just like to point out, though, that the fact that the oil fields remained hidden, despite the fact we clearly saw clouds, black clouds rolling off into the sky at multiple times we showed the oil field this episode. So much so that anyone traveling a road nearby for miles around would be able to sit there and go... The big black smoke cloud? Yeah, what's that? 
or you know even even the fact that that's not how you refine gasoline there is no way there's enough ventilation in there to refine gasoline well actually i was looking at and of course i did not dive into this super yeah. deeply i took i did a quick little internet search that you know, it looks enough like the drawings and little diagrams that I saw online that I can sit them, see them going, well, maybe this isn't even right. It looks kind of right. But what I want to know is how can this one spot generate that much gasoline? There's a lot of gasoline these people are using. Well, there's a lot, a lot. Huh? The fleet of cars is not that bad. But if you're filling an oil tanker, you know, a car, uh, you know, a gas tanker full of gas. That's a lot of gasoline. How are they, gen I don't, I don't know that there's a way to, it see, and maybe again, somebody can correct me who knows more about pr the production of gasoline, but I'm really skeptical that this little tiny place could produce gasoline for all of those cars. Well, you know. As, and, and especially for things that burn gasoline really, really, you know, fast like and let's not talk about the fact that it would be so much easier to produce ethanol well let's not talk about the fact that there's probably a whole bunch of oil refineries around texas that you could probably go find stuff that already has at least the infrastructure that they can clearly find a way to generate power um it is texas they have oil stuff there also let's not talk about the amish who are who are probably don't even know there's a zombie apocalypse going on, except for the fact that they're not selling a lot, a, a bunch of their their heatless, or their their electric heaters that they they make that are magic. Is there a big Amish presence in Texas? I understand no, the idea, but there's enough Mennonites in Missouri that it makes me makes me think about them occasionally. Well, well, well they certainly would have uh, figured out that they're probably better equipped to handle the end of the world. Um, for, you know, not, you know, not worrying much about technology or electricity or many other things that they just feel that they don't need. So they're probably, um, well, unless they got overwhelmed, they're probably okay. Or at least maybe that's, uh, that's, no, that would, re that would require, that would require actually something sensible to be happening in the scripting, um, for them to actually come across an Amish or Mennonite, uh, Village is just like, yeah, every once in a while, one comes out of the woods and we just shoot it. <laughs> you know? Stab it with a pitchfork, man. We're yeah, done. Stab it with pitchforks. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to help us raise a barn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but see, the thing is that they couldn't stay because they can't stay anywhere, even though this convoy burns a stupid amount of gas full of driving around for no reason in what is apparently the most deserted part of Texas. And everybody knows where the rendezvous is. Because when they send the kids away, Luciana's like, or, or Sarah's like, the, the convoy's at the, at the rendezvous. You know where that is, right? And they're like, yes, of course. Yeah. And it's like, glad somebody knows. <laughs> yeah, I just, <clears throat> and then of course, well, okay. We'll come back. We'll come back to one of my other big issues because it, it feeds into the next episode. Okay. And the next episode is um, uh, today and tomorrow. The, right. the previous episode was leave what you don't. Um, and this episode is today and tomorrow. Uh, there are two more episodes in this season, by the way. Um, so they got a whole lot of wrapping things up here or at least uh, uh, a... doing something. Yeah. There's not a lot of time. So Grace, uh, Grace and Daniel, we, we come back to Grace, who is, um, seems to be doing okay. Mm. And she's out with Daniel and they're hunting for supplies. Yeah. Um, and they find some. Mm -hmm. At a mini mall. Sure. In the middle of nowhere. Right. Like, you know, like malls are. Mm -hmm. And Daniel finds some records, which is, uh, you know, a nice little cute moment. Right. Oh, he loves music. Daniel, Daniel, he loves to sing. He loves yes. to um, And I'm not entirely sure how you can overload a truck to the point where you blow the transmission. Um, I've drone, I've driven, I've driven stick 
I, my, my car is a manual. I, I grew up learning how to drive stick and of course I've driven automatics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, transmissions make noises when they start to go bad. They don't just stop. Right. So I was a little, okay, fine. So yeah, they, they get stranded because they somehow managed to, you know, the, the truck was too full and weighed too much and they completely ignored the fact that there would have been other signs before the transmission blew. So they're stranded in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, and they have, you know, the, the, the conversations you have when you're stranded with the middle of nowhere and the script has to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Grace, Grace has, has tingly feelings for uh, Morgan. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that Morgan might have tingly feelings for her. And, and Daniel is sitting there in his, in his nightie uh, and his fuzzy slippers. And he's like, oh, he totally does. You too, I ship it. I ship it so much. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, she, she falls with, with convenient uh, television cancer. Right. Not before, though. They get to have a sing-along, and we get the Fear the Walking Dead musical episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, in the course of their being attacked by walkers in the middle of the night, uh, which, considering who Daniel is, the fact that they are remotely surprised by walkers in the middle of the night um, makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and of course, they have to run, and he loses his records, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but later they find a bar mm-hmm. and uh, there's a guitar there and Grace can play guitar. And so she sings a little bit and he sings a little bit. And it's a cute little moment. I actually liked, I actually liked that moment. Mm-hmm. That felt like a very human moment. It did like, you know, there's some really good stuff that happens in this, this show. And especially this season, I feel like this season has been so solid overall there are some nitpicky things and then there have been i think maybe two episodes of the whole season where we were just like why why did you do this you mean two episodes before now yeah okay (laughs) are you including these two episodes i don't know if i would include except for the way that they wasted logan just completely wasted him all but that was all season that we've been talking about that yeah um and we knew that there was going to, I mean, they were going to have to do something with the, with the oil field. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, yeah. A- anyway, anyway, we'll come back to this too. Okay. So, um, Al and Morgan are on their little thing. Of course, Al has gone off to do her thing and Morgan has sort of escaped to be with Al because he's afraid of his, how he feels about Grace. Yeah. And we get some little flashback moments where we see that he's been talking about his wife and son for mm-hmm. Al's recording. And um, they're, they're checking for supplies. They're getting ready to go. To, they're going to have to turn around soon because they're running out of gas. And they are, they are at what appears to be like a strip mall or a little shopping center, yeah. which I was really surprised because it did not appear to be in the middle of nowhere. That's twice in like three episodes where they've, they've shown these things that usually are out in the middle of like a field and like there's buildings in the background. And I'm just like, right. where are they? What cities are these in? What now there are this? some small there are some small Texas towns that when you drive through, but I mean there's small towns anywhere where you can be like, oh, that was just a gas station and a pizza hut. Right, but generally not with like you know shopping malls or synagogues or things like that. Um, and they find that one of their gas cans is missing. Mm-hmm. And then they find a guy who is. Um, extremely well fed for the, for the post end of the world zombie apocalypse. Right. Um, and he's on the run from somebody Tur- turns out to be Ginny's people. Yeah. Who are apparently made up of the most inept searchers in the history of searching. Oh yeah. This was great. Describe it. Describe it for us because I okay. love this. Okay. So, so he's trying to put this gas into this minivan or this SUV, SUV minivan. And, and before the, uh, the writers show up, Al looks at him and goes, you know the battery's going to be dead, right? And he's like, what? Ah! And they talk him down. Well, the writers come in, and he's like, it's them, they're going to find me. And they hide inside 
the, the Miniman. And it's got a sliding door on the side. And the gas cap is sitting outside. Mm -hmm. So in this world where the only sound is the sound that you make because no electricity, you know, no cars, nothing. The sound of a sliding door on a minivan is going to be stupid loud. Right. But no, you know, but they don't hear it. Now, not only that, but I am an owner of a minivan. Mm -hmm. And I can attest to you that if you open a minivan door, you can see that door open from 500 yards away. <laughs> like, it's a whole production <laughs> where it slides out and, you know, it's, you know, forced perspective creates this weird thing where the door looks like it's coming up. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So that was all happening, and I was like, <laughs> no. And then, the, this is the best part. So they all climb into the minivan, they close the door, and they're safe, and they're in the minivan, and the guy rides up on his horse. And the horse is looking in the window at them. And the guy doesn't see them. Oh, yeah. He's actually got a fantastic angle to look inside the windows, which are made of glass, by the way. Transparent glass, not sheet metal or brick or concrete glass. And yeah, sure, it's a little dirty, but he's looking down and then, and then, and then the horse snorts on the glass and it fogs up the window. And it's such an incredible amount of fog this horse has generated that it blocks the view through the one piece of glass. Now, there are several other windows on this minivan. <laughs> it's just like, they're so caught. They're so caught. Oh, God. No, he's a, oh. Oh, he's a moron. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Everybody's stupid. They're all stupid. That's what it is. Teddy Roosevelt would have never put up with this, Tim. I know. Uh, <laughs> so they go away because they're like, he went this way. And it's like, well, no, maybe, maybe he came from that way. But sure, you guys go off and do your thing because you're just here to be, you know, the passing threat. So, right. Um, and so the yeah. guy whose name I can't remember. Uh, his name is Tom. Tom. Tells a story about how he ended up being the most lucky, lucky in Lucky Land. He's basically the leaders of Alexandria level lucky. He, he was the leader of, he was the president of the HOA at his condos. And when everything went down, they kind of like closed off the gate to their condo community. And they've survived this amount of time by growing vegetables on the roof and drinking out of the pool. This story, by the way, doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense, but we're just going to move on. No, we're not going to. Yeah. Why would we why would we question this at all? Uh, meanwhile, so eventually the water went bad because it was fucking pool water. <laughs> and, uh, and like their crops didn't grow. And that's when Jenny showed up and she told everybody that it was his fault and that she wants to build a better, stronger future. And that makes like Al's lesbian senses tingle. And she's like, wait a second. That sounds like what Isabel told me. And so, so like, so they convince, this guy convinces them that his sister is trapped with these people. They were going to kill him, but he escaped and he knows they're going to kill his sister. Meanwhile, we know his sister escaped because she was the, I guarantee you, she was the girl that Wes saved last episode, even though it didn't say... Uh, well, yes, because there's only two hundred, you know, maybe twenty other people on the on the, in the entire state right. left. So there has yeah. to be, you know, it, what it didn't say. It did not say it was her, but it, I guarantee you, it was her. Oh, yeah. um, so she, uh, she he he sends he wants Al and Morgan to go save his sister, and Al is like, "Hey, I have played just a super lot of Metal Gear, Metal, metal I have." played a super lot of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> so I think I could totally get in there. And oh, by the way, I might end up looking for my uh, lesbian kiss partner. Sure. But she doesn't <laughs> say that part. She just alludes to it. 
Yeah, and and you know because it would make no sense for her to actually tell Morgan any of these crucial pieces of information, which may be useful. No, he just sits there and goes, "Oh, I just I just really want to save his sister." And he's like, "Uh huh," and she's like, "Well, you know, um, it's an interesting story." Uh huh, and intelligent me? No. So, you know, so they go, and at first she's like, I'm going to go by myself. And Morgan's like, no, you're not. And she's like, yes, I am. And he's like, okay, you can go by yourself. And then later, she's going by herself, and he comes up and says, just kidding. And uh, so they go in together. Oh, by the way, they have scouted out this this little uh, condo community um, because Ginny and her Rough Riders are – Probably again the worst when it comes to anything resembling security, right? Because they get close enough. Now the kind of the kind of the kind of camera Al has only has so much zoom technology. I mean, I've seen that camera before. I've held one of those cameras before. I'm familiar with that model. Um, and I mean, they're close enough that she can get like really good images on a zoom. And I'm like, if you're that close, they can see you. Right. They can see you. But apparently, uh, since they can't see you through windows, they apparently can't see you through a gate, which you can see through. So, yeah, it's like, okay, fine, whatever. So they break into the community and probably get caught. immediately separate, because Al, Al is not in any way interested in finding this dude's sister. Right. Morgan is all about it. But Al is looking for her lesbian kiss partner, and uh, and that's all. Like that's all she wants. And so they they go separate ways. And Morgan goes up to the girl's apartment and discovers a, a walker in a closet. And they fight, and he throws it off the balcony. And then then uh, Al takes a bunch of video of all the stuff in like one of the headquarter rooms and. And then she comes out, and the walker that Morgan pushed off the balcony attacks her. They fall in the pool. They have to kill it. And and then when they come out of the water, like Jenny and all of her dudes are standing there like, wow, you guys are really loud. You must have <laughs> sucked at Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. And then we are treated and to – And all of that – you know, I went over all of that in what? 15 seconds? Something like that. It takes a full act break for all of those things to happen. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, this then leads to another scene of Ginny talking and not saying anything. Right. Well, she, it, does t- she does tell Morgan that they, they no longer have control of the oil fields. Right. And she also uh, gets to look at Al in a very confused way when Al asks if she's got helicopters. I, loved I did like that. I really liked that where she's like, we just got a ga- like we just got gas yesterday. You think we have helicopters? Because of course they don't have helicopters. But, you know, and she's like, that's a very specific thing to ask. And I was like, oh, just wondering. And this is not followed up on. Nor, nor is Ginny talking about the world they're trying to make followed up on. Al, the reporter, does not ask any questions. And, and the thing, like, she keeps, she keeps saying, we are working for the same thing. We just want to do it on a bigger scale. And everyone who has heard her say that has been like, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, how do you know that? Well, we what don't know. This? But we well, the only reason we know is because she's managed to kill some people. But every one of these people has killed people. Right. All of our heroes have killed people. But the thing is, is she's not explaining herself. Right. She's just saying these vague things. We're we're building the future. Okay, how? Um, we're doing it on a different. We're doing it on a different scale than you are. Okay, explain yourself. But nobody's asking her these questions. No one's sitting there going, give me your sales pitch. You, and right. she, she keeps saying, join me. And the only person who's heard her sales pitch, Logan, who seems to be 100% on board until the last five minutes of the episode prior to this one, she killed before he could give her any, you know, whatever. I don't know. 
Well, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the best reason right now not to join Ginny. Frustrated that, grunt. Is that the guy that, you know, had joined her, she just kills. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Uh, no explanation. Just saying, well, you know that he was, ba- uh, he was bad news. You knew he was bad news. I knew he was bad news. We all knew he was bad news. Bully. Yeah, I just, so I'm just really kind of confused about how, what we're, what are we supposed to be making of her? And these people, are they supposed to be the bad guys? Because they're, they're not, are they, are they supposed to, are, are they supposed to be bad guys? Or are they just supposed to be antagonists? Because those are different things. Right. And it's, you can, you can actually be, you can actually have an antagonist for your individual character or your, your country or thing. I mean, the enemy and not be evil. There's some really great stories like that. It happens all the time. Um, there's tons of wonderful fiction. This is not it, by the way. But well, I mean, you know, use let's use DC Catwoman as a as an example. She is considered, or was for many years, Batman's greatest foe, not enemy foe, because she wasn't even back in the 80s and 70s not necessarily an evil person you know the 60s were a whole different time let's not you know but she was she was on the opposite side of batman they were not they were not to on the same side when it came to things right so you know she liked to steal pretty shinies Batman didn't like that she stole pretty shinies. Sometimes she killed a dude. Batman didn't like that she killed a dude. Occasionally. I've gone off on a little bit of a rabbit hunt, Tim. You're supposed to rein me in. Uh, yeah, but it's so much fun to see where you're going to end up. Um, the, <laughs> the short, what, what Dustin is trying to say is that this is not uh, Batman and Catwoman. This is Ginny who doesn't, who's, whose whole everything about Ginny's little group doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, not least of which is that if they are so knowledgeable about Logan and, uh, you know, all of these people on, 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 in, in the convoy and all these things, where the hell have they been? How have we not seen any of these people before? Where are, where is their home base? It's not, the uh, condos, they say it's like they've got other locations. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at the map that Al took a video of, there's little X's everywhere in Texas. So, I mean, how, how is it that our heroes have wandered all of, over this giant place that they've wandered because they can't be bothered to sit still for a minute and never encountered these people before? I'm very confused by that. I'm very confused. Well... I mean, it's it's just an extension of the whole. Where the hell are they in Texas? Because I don't even have any sense of the geography. You know, it's a walk. Yeah, mile marker sixty-five. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's on what road? Yeah. So it's like really just. It's like okay, whatever you guys are doing, I don't even understand. Um, but sure, okay. But I'm mad about it. I don't I do get want, it, but I'm I, mad about it. I do want to know where Ginny got her clothes. I mean, she is very specifically, they're all very specifically decked out in like their own little uniformed Rough Riders, you know, Teddy Roosevelt whole aesthetic there. It's a very specific theme they've gone with. Right. There's like a, there's like a, a I don't know, Outback uh, clothing store nearby. They all like. We all want to dress like this. They go. They leave. Uh, they let them go. <laughs> yeah. They just let them go. Um. Give them their weapons. Give them their cameras. Everything. Just let them leave. Oh, they fix. They fix Morgan's stick. Yeah. Um. They've been there long enough, somehow, for someone to actually fix Morgan's stick. I remember when I, the, I haven't done a lot of woodworking in my life, but I remember it taking a little bit of time to get things, you know, especially if you want to, you know, repair something and make sure right. that it's, but I guess not. It's fine. Um, <laughs> this is fine. 
we're, we're both just like, fine, whatever. Whatever. Let's just, can we just get through this? <laughs> Let's just get through this, and then we can talk about maybe a better episode next week. And then, you know, so so Al confesses to Morgan that there are things that he, she needs to tell him, and he confesses to... Uh, he confesses to Al that listening to Jenny made him realize that, you know, he needs to let go of the past and, and maybe, maybe he can have a future with grace. And, and so they get on the, they call for grace, which is, you know, even better considering how much we now find out that Jenny and everybody has been listening in. Yeah. And then it turns out that, you know, wait, sudden TV cancer has struck him. Right. Just like, well, last time they had any kind of discussion about it, she was having sudden TV cancer. Right. And, you know, I just think maybe she's got, like, allergies or something. Maybe she has undiagnosed asthma. Maybe. Or maybe they're going to kill her off so that Morgan can have another tragic backstory. Well, I'm my hope, my hope for, honestly, I mean, this is not going to happen. Uh, but <laughs> this is my hope for the Jenny character, the Jenny and Morgan arc, is that they will discover... You know, like using the time they have and loving each other. You well, know. you you don't mean Jenny. You just said Jenny. Oh, sorry. I mean Grace. I hope that they discover that they can love each other with the time they have left and have, you know, and, and when it comes to her time, when she starts getting sick again and she finally does die, Who and who knows, with the way the timeline on this show works, she could be on the show for eight more seasons. <laughs> Yeah, um, true. It would, you know, and especially how they just kind of glossed over, like, we know, like, I know I've been exposed to the radiation. I just don't know how badly. I don't have any idea how much time I have left, but I know I have super convenient movie cancer. And, like, <laughs> you know, so it could be, seriously, she could be just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. This, this doesn't mean anything, but it gives it gives Morgan a an impetus to get back together and to find, to find her and, and, right. you know, do the, do whatever is they're going to do with this in the next two episodes. Oh, I'm sure she's not going to, I, I am relatively sure. Relatively. Yeah. That she is not going to die in the next two episodes because in the preview I watched, for next week's episode, she's walking around just fine. Well, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the spoilers uh, for the next episode, uh, AMC. I mean, it's like, well, that took all the tension out of that. What tension there was, because I was, you know, I you like me did not expect for there to be any. No, no. So that's kind of where we are. With we've gotten rid of the villain we've had for most of the season uh, by making them not a villain. And then killing him off unceremoniously. Right. We've introduced a new villain who... Um, Honestly, may or may not be a villain. We just don't know. Right. And who is um, strangely uninformative. Most Walking Dead villains have a tendency to monologue. Right. And to tell you, you know, either that they're really, really wonderful when they're not or to tell you they're really, really awful because they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just, you know, again, they're just, they're just, they're not really giving us any real information about this lady. No. I, I read an interview with her, with the actress, um, who said that um, she is a Colby, Colby Minife, Minife? Okay. Um, I guess. I'm sure I'm mangling her name. Um, she's a, a she was a recurring character on the Marvelous Miss Maisel, yeah. and she's a lot of people are like you know. And she's been on she's been on Jessica Jones. Um, she's been on the Blacklist. She's been uh, Law and Order. Um, she's done, uh, gosh, um, she was in the Boys. Um, so you know she's she's got a decent she's got a decent TV. Uh, record she seems like a fine actress but she was talking about how her character was before the apocalypse was an efficiency expert and so she thinks of she thinks in terms of uh, you know cost benefit analysis 
which is interesting. And I don't think that's a terrible, I think that's, that, that's an interesting thing you could do with a character. There is no evidence whatsoever in the well, show. Well, she's not said anything. She's not said anything yet. I know. And, and except for we're doing things different than, differently than you, and that makes all of our characters go, oh, my God, you're a monster. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really confused with what they're doing with, with her. It just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. And I don't think they do either. <laughs> this, is, this is my current theory, Dustin. They don't know what they're, where they're going. They don't know because, you know, we've got, a, we've got a convoy that's going nowhere. Right. We have all these places they could have stopped and stayed and fortified, which they don't. And now we have villains who chief distinction is, is they ride on horses and they use lots of words to not say much of anything. Right. And two episodes to make it all make sense. <laughs> Or to set it up in a way that we're excited about next season. True, true. And they could, they could certainly do that. Um, and it's just, um, these couple episodes, I'm not sure they're going to pull it off. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't either. But what you going to do, Tim? You got to watch it. I know, I know. I'm not, I'm, this is what we do, Dustin. This is our this job. Is why we get paid the big bucks. That's right. We get paid all the monies. Or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, folks. Um, that's, that's everything that happened over two episodes. It's a little interesting place that we find ourselves in right now. Um, if you have opinions about where the Fear of the Walking Dead is going right now and what's going on with these episodes and whether or not, uh, you know, you disagree somehow that Matt Frewer was not completely wasted as Logan. Um, the only benefit being we got to see Matt Frewer for a few episodes of the show. Yay. Um, you can let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. We can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can leave us a comment on iTunes or podcast.com. Uh, of course, you can find the show on iTunes and podcast.com. It would be fantastic if you would share the show. Uh, leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. This is all great stuff. We would appreciate it. We always appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, Dustin, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Yay! Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions.